part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Wait a minute. Why is yours not working? You're not, you're not registering here. Turn on your mic. That button. Nope, still. Check, check. Yep, you're good. Just going strong. I am not. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely not working. Move up the fourth one. Hello, hello. Here, let's put yours boop, in this little jack. Nope. It's you have to turn up number four, though. Oh. Push up the slider. <gasps> oh, the vulnerable mirrors. Any. Okay. So is it? Everyone, were we recording that whole fiasco? Huh? Were, were we? What are you talking about? Were we recording that whole thing? Yeah. Gosh. How? Why would we not record it? We are so. Answer me that. Amateur. So on the 24th of February, the Jesus Revolution movie comes out. Are we going to go see it? Hmm. Are we? Not in theaters. Hey, did you know that... If we wait for it to rich. come out on... Did you know that Doug Wilson's parents were part of the Jesus People movement? No. Yeah, that's what got Christchurch started in Moscow. They were Jesus people. Mm-hmm. They are hippies. Well, I have to... Hippies. I feel like I have to see this movie because... <sighs> Uh, because I've, everybody, not everybody, that's an exaggeration. Everybody won't see it. But I have many f- evangelical friends, mm-hmm. comics and whatnot, who are already like hyping it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to see it so that I'll be able to make my usual uh, incisive, insightful comments. Yeah. And, and alienate a few more people. I've still got a few people that will return my phone calls and answer my emails. So if you, see if I can if you throw have them to out. see it in order to give an opinion on a cultural phenomenon, why haven't you watched The Chosen? Hmm. hmm. You know, I don't have an excuse other than I just am not interested. <laughs> Is that can I say that? Can I say I'm just not interested in watching The Chosen and not of be you can. Yeah. in danger of being called a, a non-christian no you can't say it and not be in danger of being called a non-christian <laughs> you're pretty much always in danger of being called a non-christian <laughs> but but you can say it i just I, i've had people <laughs> rave about it and i'm sure it's i'm sure it's good i'm sure i'm sure it's good but i just i can't okay i just can't care about it so here's the thing. <laughs> I don't even think Carl's gonna care about this, but I'm not, I'm on MeWe barely, but I still get I still get notifications from people commenting on things I wrote months and months ago. And so this morning, on I, MeWe on MeWe, yeah. 
This morning, I got a comment on this post that I put up in January. And so what I had written in January, um, back when back when everybody was like celebrating, well, we, we had celebrated Roe v. Wade being overturned back in July. And then there was some other kind of cultural thing happening a couple of weeks later. And everybody was celebrating that too. But of course, every time like traditional reformed Christians are celebrating something, You've got the other, like, progressive, quote-unquote, Christians who are like, hey, that's hurting your witness because you're enjoying a victory, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah you shouldn't be you know, happy about things. Maybe this is going to be good for this episode because I want to talk about a thing that I am trying to rain on other people's parade over. So I just want to prove that I'm not always the parade Can rainer. we rain on the people who... Uh, are all excited about the He Gets Us movement? Yes, and also, and also some unnamed situation that hypothetically there might be happening right now where people are excited that Jesus is moving amongst college students. Like mm-hmm. if that were happening, I might be tempted to rain on that parade, but I want to prove that I don't always do the raining. Like I was excited about Roe v. Wade, even though some people were like, Oh, this isn't good. You should abolish abortion altogether or it's not worth celebrating, you know, or we will whatever. only celebrate total victory. We will not celebrate battles and meanwhile of of course the progressive christians were like this is nothing to celebrate it will turn people away from the church when they realize that we won't let them kill their offspring millions of people are going to be dying in the streets now because women will have to you are celebrating they'll have to rip themselves open the loss of human rights women's rights are being trampled upon and you're celebrating and that's not good for our witness millions of people are dying so i i just wrote I said, cultural Christians be like, hey, don't you want to be a Christian like me? All you have to do is look exactly like you do now. And then and just invite other people to call themselves Christians too, while changing absolutely nothing, just like us. It's really all about telling non-Christians they're fine the way they are, and then seeking their approval about everything. So yeah, once you become a Christian, you'll need to think about being a non-Christian constantly and try to follow their lead Oh, which means that you have to stop celebrating what would be Everything. a Christian victory, right. like the election of Christian politicians and the death of cruel dictators and dismantling unjust laws. We Christians don't let other Christians enjoy life for very long before we warn them that celebrating is probably upsetting the non-believers. Yeah. So that was the point I was making. I was just saying like... Well, the non-believers are upset quite a bit by right. Christian things. Right. So I was just I was just showing... I was trying to highlight the irony in inviting someone to join you in becoming a Christian when really your whole role as a Christian is to not act like a Christian. It's to to never celebrate again. Right. Well, and to to always try to look good in front of the non-Christians. Like, why would you ever want to be a Christian if the whole point is to make the non-Christians like you? Just stay non-Christian. Those are the people who Christians like the best. So that was my... So was that when that first started? I feel like you've been on that soapbox... Was that the first time you? No, I probably wasn't the first time I that. wrote about it. But but this person today, randomly after you know a couple of months of that post being up, this person goes, "Can you name a single person who holds the view that you don't need to change anything to be a Christian? <laughs> Can you name even a single person who holds the view that you I don't need to name. change anything?" And so what I said, and I was proud of this response. I said, "No, I know hundreds of people who think the change that Jesus makes." is helping us to be more accepting of sin because calling people to repent is judgmental. So that's what they think Christianity is. They invite you to change 
That's why they're always harping at me that I need to change because I'm not being a good Christian. Because you're being too judgmental. You need to be less judgmental like they are. Like they are, but that's that's where it all falls apart. (laughs) But I was proud of my answer. Like I was proud that I said, no, that that wasn't even what my post was about. I wasn't saying there are people who believe that you don't have to change anything to be a Christian. I'm saying they believe I'm the one who needs to do all the changing but, you know, the, the gay people and the pro-abortion women are totally fine. So then she comes back and says, oh, so the point of your post was just to acknowledge there are different Christians who hold different interpretations on the Bible and that you disagree with them. Hey, thanks for that insight. And I said, <laughs> what's your point in commenting under my post to let people know you disagree with me, right? And then she was Surely like... Surely she didn't come back after oh, that. Oh, she did. Really? She goes, she quoted me. She's like, cultural Christians be like, hey, you want to be a Christian like me? All you have to do is look exactly like you do now. And then she goes, also, Amanda, nobody actually holds the viewpoint I'm critiquing. I was actually attacking a straw man. And so I said, which is it? Do some Christians hold a different interpretation of the Bible from me? Or does no one disagree with me? Because I'm attacking a straw man. And that she came back again. And well, she, you know, it's it's kind of encouraging that there are stupid people who have now graduated over to MeWe because it I'm used to, to say, be. Did this whole conversation happen on MeWe? Yeah. For like, it took like five minutes. Was MySpace too busy? Yeah. <laughs> AOL chat was down. Oh, by the way, the podcast ninja is with us again Listen, this week. The podcast ninja is taking a shot at me. In case you're wondering. I'm in a my mood. better I'm half in a mood is today. Luke is. Hang on, wait. Why you is he in a mood? T- he'll tell you about his mood in just a second. So, so this person actually said <laughs> some Christians hold a different interpretation from the Bible, but that's not the same as believing that you don't need to change anything to be a Christian. Many Christians would encourage you to change and stop worshiping that straight white American Jesus. There we go. And so I just said, "Thank you." There that's what I was saying. Of course, there aren't people who believe no one should change. Pretty much everyone believes I do. I need to change. But when it comes to sodomites, God created them perfectly, exactly the way they are. You accidentally agreed with my post. So, yeah. And, then, and also. And also. Donald Trump is the greatest person. <laughs> I worship Donald Trump. Uh, All right. So what are, why are you in a funk? I, I'm in a period of mourning, I believe, actually. Uh, so today I went up to the lake to help my mom um, in exchange for bringing back uh, her old smoker, the green egg, big green egg. Mm-hmm. And those so, are those are good, right? Those are fantastic. Yeah. Um, and this is a nice one. It had a deluxe like stand countertop thing with it. Um, and so I put together her new pellet grill and helped her with some other odd things. And then I was going to get to take this home. So I was so excited, and I get to within 30 seconds of my home, and I take a corner too fast. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And you then dumped it. I dumped it right out into this lady's yard, and it's in a million pieces because it's made of <sighs> ceramic. <laughs> and they are about $1,000. And so that was – I was just kind of in shock at that point as I watch – it, all the wreckage and she came out and helped me pick it up uh, she was like what is this thing dear what was it yeah it reminds me of that line from the uh, pink panther movie where he's like gets his hand stuck in the in a suit of armor and he's trying to get it out and there's a, a mace on the end of it and he's swinging it around just smashing <laughs> stuff yeah. and he smashes the piano 
And the guy, the butler, standing there, and he goes, "That was a priceless Steinway." And Clouseau says, "Nothing in mail." <laughs> yes, there's there's no super gluing the green egg back together. That that is a feeling. I've had that feeling where it's like, it's just this hollow sort of empty. I I it was in my ownership for about forty minutes, and I never got mm. to use it. The stand mm. itself was made of metal, and so it's a little. Like, the doors have been ripped off, and it's a little bent, but mm. it, it still functions. But it, it was even more than the green egg. You were talking about putting a, a multiple grills out on your porch, right? I was. And that's what this was, that was a step in that direction. Well, I, I have a gas grill, but I don't have a smoker. Still don't have a smoker. No. Because... You have a lot of pieces of a smoker. <laughs> in my trash can. So, so that... Man. I've been processing that mm. loss most of the day. Does your mom know? Yes. Yeah. She even texted me a few minutes ago and was like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get a little card, Uh, like a bereavement card for your dead smoker. Yeah. Well, it meant a lot to her because this was my grandpa's grill. I was like, oh, he'd be so, she even said, he'd be so happy for you to have this. Yeah. To then chuck into somebody's yard. There's some sentimental attachment to it. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just a grill. Plus it was a green egg. So now I have a whole lot of attachments and a stand for a green egg. Can you get another one? I can, but they're, but they're like, a thousand bucks. They're a thousand bucks. Yeah. So mm. I will not be unless I can find a, a used one. You might. Maybe. You're kind of good at ferreting stuff like that out. I am. I do tend to be. Well, I think I am blessed. It's a gift. It's a gift. It is yeah. a gift. <clears throat> so... Um, so he gets us, right? <laughs> or do you want to talk about your thing? Can I, I, I don't. <clears throat> what thing? Here's my here's my thing about he no, gets listen, us. And then we, wait a minute and before we, can, we go on any further. All right, further. we're not going to. Never mind no, about the thing. I was going to say. I just want Carl to know that today it's very late and I'm going to do my best to not elevate my blood pressure. So that's another so thing. So you can sleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, can, I probably will be okay to sleep anyway. You should but. take some melatonin. I just, in case Carl is also listening to this kind of late and wants to have a nice, chill, relaxed experience. What if Carl's listening in the morning and he needs something to pep him up on the way to work? This won't be that episode because I'm sure we will manage to be very mellow the whole time. Relaxed. (laughs) Laid back. So anyway, he gets us is a uh, multi-million dollar campaign that some anonymous christian people have put together to try to uh boost jesus brand have you heard about this Mm -hmm. okay of course i saw the commercials i think uh i'll just say real quickly i don't know i know what the criticisms are going to be the criticism is if you say anything negative about this it's because you don't love jesus and you don't want people to go to heaven not Um, on this network and uh no, I'm saying at large, not on this network. But the thing that occurs to me is that I don't know, I don't know, but I don't think it's effective to try to present the gospel in little sound bites, you know, in little snippets that are scattered around, even though the individual sound bites may have some uh, encouraging and true and useful sentiments in them. I don't feel like the common complaint from atheists and unbelievers is that they don't feel like jesus understands them i don't feel like that's it 
Like, you, you don't think that there that anybody doubts that he gets them? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that that's. I don't think that's the main issue. No. Do so you think they're saying we know we are we know this? <laughs> yeah. No. The common misunderstanding is that he gets them. He thinks they're awesome. He really hates the church more than he hates anybody else. Right. And they're doing pretty good. Right. And yeah. is that is I don't think that. It, the he gets us campaign is going to address that sentiment at all. <laughs> no, probably not. <clears throat> you but know I, what? I think it's funny. I think it's funny that whenever you say something critical, and maybe even critical is too ha- strong of a word, whenever you exercise any kind of caution about a thing like this, that there's going to be people who, like you said, are like, oh, you're so negative. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to argue? Why is everything always a discussion? Why like do you this? always find a negative? Why do we my have favorite, to nuance everything? My favorite one is, oh, don't you think God can move through the? Don't you think God can use this for His glory? Well, that's, that's my favorite. That one. is a. I actually prefer that question. That's closer to having a reasoned dialogue than just why are you being so negative. And like it never occurs to these people that maybe there just really are a lot of negative things to talk about. <laughs> They're like, it's your fault. It's your yeah, fault like, you keep saying all this negative the stuff. The phrase is, I'm not, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. Right, yeah. right. But like the opposite in this case is true, where they're like, I'm an optimist. And it's right. like, you're not an optimist, you're in denial. And you're, you're like annoyed with the person who's got the eyeballs and you're closing yours. And you're like, why do you always have to tell me what you're seeing with right. those eyeballs of yours? <laughs> Can't you see mine are closed? Why do you always have to open your eyes and tell me what you see, <laughs> you negative Nancy? Can't you see I have taped my eyes shut? <laughs> but they blame you for it. If I wanted to see stuff, I would untape my eyes and, and look at Obviously, things. in their opinion, you're wearing glasses that you could take off. You could choose to take them off and not see the way that you're right. currently seeing. Right. But that's not I actually... I could force myself to feel differently about this right. campaign. Right, but that's not actually what's going on. I think what's happening is you actually are looking at a thing that exists, and they're like, again? Like, yes, <laughs> this thing exists again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the negativity is here. I'm sorry it's there, and I'm sorry that I feel a way about it. But. Sorry I'm announcing what is, in fact, there, but yeah. there it is. Any sort of, and you're right, it's not even necessarily criticism. It's just not jubilant celebration. This week, Isn't this wonderful? This week, I heard multiple people in multiple contexts, but also the same person in one particular context, regularly accusing other people of being cage stage Calvinists because somebody who was out there preaching a sermon they didn't happen to agree with point by point. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, or... It's a person seeing a thing that actually exists, and now you're at, like not heeding any warnings anymore because it doesn't happen to be the criticism that you want to hear and agree with point by point. So I just Gosh. think it's funny. I think it's funny that they're like, yeah. oh, here comes the negative guy again. And it's like, no, we're still living in that same negative world that you're rejecting and denying exists. But okay, yes. There is, I saw a quote, and I'm I'm not going to get it word for word, but it was on one of the atheist feeds about how indoctrination is not uh it's it's not indoctrination to teach things that you may not agree with but it is indoctrination to only teach things that you do agree with Hmm. and again that's not that's not exactly the quote but it's indoctrination to only teach things that you do agree with and it's like okay 
I don't think I necessarily disagree with either of those sentiments, but it's, it's reminded me of when you were talking about how the tendency is, if it's a thing that I think is true, then I am somewhat defensive about it, for lack of a better term. And I think that a lot of people are that way. It's like, I think, well, I think that the Jesus, I think that he hits us is a wonderful thing because they're trying to lead people to Jesus. And if that's your position, it's going to be difficult to hear somebody say, well, maybe it's maybe it's just a bunch of malarkey. Well, I, I heard somebody say, oh, no, another, you know, sarcastically, oh, no, another opportunity to talk about Jesus, not that. And right. she was then describing that there was, like, a billboard in her city that just says Jesus with a smiley face. And she's like, that's not, you know, deep theological truth, but I used that billboard to open up a conversation with my kids. Hey, why do, why do you think that billboard's there? Who do you think put it there? What do you think the message is? That kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, I understand what you're saying because as a homeschool mom, I can appreciate using the, you know, the cultural example for some kind of a lesson. I mean, you can spin anything a particular yeah, way. I was like, you just look at the trees by the billboard. Why do you think God made so many different trees? Yeah, right. True. I was if, if you're if you're good at starting conversations, yeah. you can use right. anything. Well, I was going to go the other direction. I was going to be like, okay, but can't you say the same thing about somebody, some Christian taking a multi-million dollar ad and putting a billboard of a naked lady on a poster? Yes, like, I was just about to say, you can say, say things about a Hooters example. billboard. Right, it's a negative example, but like... <laughs> Why do you suppose that's there? Who do you think talk put it about there? It. And she was like, you know, I, I was in a concert once and they just happened to start playing something. I can't remember the song, but like, you know, this little light of mine or something fairly benign. And she's like, that doesn't even mention Jesus in it, but I still took the opportunity to, sp- to share the gospel and say... <laughs> That's great, Shirley. But again, again, she gets, you can. Does she get more sarcastic when she's mellow? Oh crap! I forgot. I'm supposed to be calm. I need some tea. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I should go make some tea. I I was just thinking how silly it is to be like this campaign is great because you can take. Because because God uses literally everything, including Pharaoh's act of rebellion and yes. subsequent trip to hell, yes. you know, for His good. If you are if you are if you are spiritually minded, if you are being controlled by the Spirit to a large extent, then yeah, everything right. becomes everything it's becomes still, a conversation. It's still important, surely, dear. If we that <laughs> that we warn those who maybe put the billboard up and are members of the goat herd and think they're sheep, like it would still be wise right. to warn them that they're on the wrong path. I can use people who are on the wrong path to, you know, help my children find a better way for sure. But that doesn't mean that there's no room for saying, here's what's actually wrong with the message being shared. Right. Just because, just because I can figure out a way <laughs> To make it a useful and positive and true thing doesn't mean that they are not on the wrong path. Right. And uh, they need to... doesn't mean you're not making them comfortable on their way to hell. My other thought that I had about He Gets Us is... And I, I'm pretty sure I read this somewhere. I don't remember who. So I'm, what I'm doing is I'm admitting that I'm plagiarizing an idea, and uh, I don't know where I got it from. I read several articles. I don't remember which one. Might have been. I don't want to say who it might have been because I could be wrong. And then um, <clears throat> it's not me. This was not my original idea. That uh, if Jesus gets us, if Jesus gets me, so what? I mean. Who is Jesus? 
unless you have some concept of who Jesus uh, claimed to be, and if you believe that concept, well, now he's God, you know, and so if he gets you, that means there's a lot of things that that implies that you can uh, that you can think about, and it makes it significant. But if Jesus is just a dude, you know, like any other dude, who cares if he gets you? Man, I understand where you're coming from. Well, that's great. That doesn't help me at all. But cool, right on, man. And so, I I've, so far, I feel like what I've seen in the commercials and the billboards and, and some of the, the memes and stuff is that it doesn't really talk about who Jesus was. And uh, I was talking to Juwan DeVivo, and he was saying, well, we're going we're gonna to have to wait and see how it pans out. And I would agree with that. We'll see where it goes and what it does. But that was what that was when I started thinking about how, well, if you fragment this into a million different pieces and scatter it around, it's going to be hard for the message of who Jesus was to be reassembled by most people, because most people are not thoughtful. They don't remember stuff. They don't have an attention span, and they won't be able to connect the dots, even when the dots are lined up right next to each other. And if you scatter them out over the course of however long this campaign is supposed to run, I don't know that people are going to come away with a really good picture of who Jesus was and why it matters that he gets them. I can actually confirm that humans need to be told roughly 4 million times to not hit each other before that even sinks in. So, and then to piece together the why of that and you know how you should treat your sibling is another several hundred thousand rest repetitions. And so, yeah, people don't. So how many billboards do you have to pass yeah, with that, that message? That would be a lot of billboards. If you're trusting a billboard to disciple people and raise <laughs> children, then yeah, it's going right. to be a long how process. Many, the, how many billboards do you have to pass before... The theology of the Bible to replace, is internalized. To replace a mother. <laughs> right. How many billboards do you need to pass to replace your pastor and a right. mother? How many memes? How many Super Bowl commercials? How many times do you have to have that he gets us message drilled into you before suddenly you are <laughs> Suddenly a, education is equivalent to that of sudden, a person who is actually educated. Right. Suddenly you have a robust <laughs> theology about uh, Christ. What do they really hope to accomplish with a 20-second Super Bowl spot. I mean, yeah, you get a giant audience, but at a huge cost. And again, you get, what, 20 seconds? That's the right question. What is what is the goal? What are you trying to accomplish? And I'm sure what they would say, because I've been in church culture long enough, that they're going to say, well, we're just giving an opportunity for people to know, and God can use anything. That It's, right. it's the mentality that God can use anything and use any of our efforts. And so, yep. yeah, if, if, that's your, if that's your thing, then literally... God could use anything, right? And so, yeah. So next why? year, he gets us Satan shoes. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna do a co a uh, combined commercial with literally anything. That's kind of where I saw it going. It's like he gets us, and he wants you to eat the bugs. Right, yeah. that's where we're headed. <laughs> right, right. You can literally combine it with anything else, and if somebody is determined to say oh, well, God's behind it, or don't you have faith that God can be behind it, then, yeah, you can call it Christian. Right. Because... And, yeah. and that's the message. That the, the message of he gets us is is not the message of uh, you are a sinner and you need to repent. And right. so, you know, I'm, I'm with Juwan. I think we need to 
give them the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to do a good thing. Right, but I mean, but, even if the message was you're a sinner and you need to repent, you would need more than 20 seconds to oh, sure. help a person sure. understand that. Right, the, the idea of mass marketing mass marketing Christianity and and they've said it as much in some of the articles it's like the the goal is to is to is to help the Jesus brand you know in our marketing saturated culture they're they're trying to send a message to reach these millennials and I I just I don't I don't think that this is how it's going to work it's, I, I, it's I can't imagine how, it's not how the early church did things it's not how I did it I didn't I wasn't exposed to Christianity in some pop culture series of sound bites. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have celebrities and, and really cool people telling me that, Hey, you need to, he gets you, man. <laughs> I, I, I had, and, and I, I, there's not even anything really wrong with that message because Jesus does get us. He got, he, he understands us so well that he had to come down and die on a cross because it's like, these people are hopeless. There's, there's not a chance that they're ever going to get here and be with us. I'm going to have to take this myself. So he does get us, but I just don't think that that message will be properly interpreted by the people who do not know any theology. Okay, so speaking of great movements of God, <laughs> great Holy Spirit things. No, we're calm. We're calm today. There's that no, was a segue. There's Carl. no stress. There's no working up of our heart rate. There's just calm. <laughs> Let's just have a friendly chat about, <laughs> about God doing great things, using anything, everything, anything for his glory. And everything. And so therefore you can't be so negative all the time. <laughs> so I am actually going to have to name this particular college because oh, I, thought you'd, I thought you were going to just talk in theoretical I was terms going to, and, i thought it would be funny if we like if we pretended like there wasn't an actual situation happening at this very moment it may still be going on by the time this podcast airs too who knows uh somebody's yelling daddy <laughs> unless you move stuff out of the, out of order I'm the listening. kids have already gone to bed sort of and luke has been up three times now to go tend to their when we have our headphones on it doesn't sound it, like it takes that's several before that they, you realize that's pretty that neat talking. that they call for dad why do they call for dads i think mom? he started with me and no. daddy was the one that actually put them in bed tonight he they usually call for the last one they saw okay so but like it, with our headphones on it sounds like and so, I, like, I took my headphone off for a second, <laughs> and it was still, yeah. Is he still, still hanging a little in there? quiet? What's they he needed? Need? Their light turned off. Oh, good. Oh, that's good. Dad had to go up and turn the lights off. So they're gonna go to sleep. Um. So yeah, right now there's a revival happening. I mean, I know. So I've heard. I know there is because several people on social media assured me. It's the real deal. It's a real movement of God. It's a real movement of God. No fog machines, no lights, no, no fancy, you know, instruments. Nothing. None of the th fog machines, lights, lasers, uh, amplified sound. Right. None of the things that you would normally think would be required for God to move. And it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> planned. It was definitely not something that everybody like was coordinating to make happen. No, right? absolutely not. 
But here's the thing that I have to shout out to Joel Webin for his YouTube channel. For <laughs> because your eyes are open and you see it. to my attention. I didn't know. If you go to the Asbury website, I've got it pulled up right here. If you go to the Asbury website, you have to dig a little. You have to go to academics, resources, uh-huh. library, archives, revivals. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yes. Here's the page right here. And it says... And I quote, Asbury University has, a long history. has been known through the years for its history of great revivals. <laughs> yes. There have been several occasions when significant moves of the Holy Spirit have swept the campus and reached across the nation. You didn't know, but it happened. <laughs> <laughs> And we're really getting tired of having to tell everybody that we're famous for revivals. Oh, yeah. If you want to see the list for yourself. I do. The list. Now, listen. They even have the dates here. I kid you not. You should probably screenshot that while it's still there. February 1905. During a blizzard, a prayer meeting in the men's dormitory spilled out to the rest of the campus and the whole town of Wilmore. February. Population 300. February 1908. That's three years later. Revival broke out while someone prayed in chapel. It lasted two weeks and was signified by prevailing prayer and intercession. So that was the February 1908 revival. Brr, how about it was cold? February 1921. The last service of a planned revival lasted till 6 a.m. and then services were extended for three days. February 1950. A student testimony led to confessions and victories. <laughs> don't ask i don't know and more testimonies <laughs> confessions and victories confessions I guess, and victories i guess they everywhere. won the super bowl <laughs> everywhere everywhere there was a victory they were hitting casinos this went uninterrupted for 118 hours and became the second leading news story nationwide it's estimated that 50,000 people found a new experience in Christ as a result of this revival, and witness teams went out from it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. As a result of this revival and the witness teams that went out from it. Oh. Oh, wait a minute. I was going to say, why are you sorry about that? March 1958. So we're in March now. So revival began later. in a student fasting and prayer meeting that spilled into the chapel and lasted 63 hours. <laughs> 63 I like hours. I like how when it's a number of days they say they say it's a week, but then it, if it's like less than three days, they break it down into hours. It's hours. <laughs> I also like that they have official timekeepers for these. Right, that's sixty three hours. That's the part that made me laugh. What that's they should not do like is, an L, that's not a, a multiple of twelve or if it, if 24. it's less than a couple of days, they should report it in seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of seconds and ticked then, by. Oh, wait, that's not even the, the last one. On February 3rd, 1970, this is the one they're most proud of. This one made the homepage. <laughs> this is the more, more proud of this one than the one that's currently happening? Yeah, well, well time will tell. It's not done yet. Okay. But like, yes. This is 1970. The 1970 revival is the one that like they, they promote is, the this most. This is the one that everybody knows about. 
Oh, yeah. Well, except for us, which we're just learning about. But Dean, Dean Custer, oh, sorry, Dean Custer B. Reynolds, scheduled to speak in chapel, felt led to invite persons to give personal testimony instead. Many on campus have been praying for spiritual renewal, renewal and were now in an expectant mood. Soon there was a large group waiting in line to speak. A spirit of powerful revival came on the congregation. The chapel was filled with rejoicing people. Classes were canceled for a week during the 144 hours of unbroken revival. But even after classes resumed on February 10, Hughes Auditorium was left open for prayer and testimony, and those sessions were presided over by Reynolds, Clarence Hunter, and other faculty. Some 2,000 witness teams went out from Wilmore to churches and at least 130 college campuses around the nation. Then there's a March 1992 and a February 2006. Literally all of them were March or February. Most of them were February. And did anybody happen to notice? And this is what February. We're in, <laughs> we're in February. Wait a second. <laughs> okay, so that kills me. That just cracks me up because nobody on Facebook knows this. Everybody's being given these like firsthand witness, eyewitness accounts, testimonies. It's amazing what's broken out. It's amazing. Nobody has any idea it's happened like 12 other times on this. Always in February. (laughs) Always in February. Always in the dead of winter. Yeah. 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 The dead of winter after Christmas break when, you know, things are slow and. We're we're past Valentine's Day now. Chocolate's on sale. Right. It's a good time to revive. And Asbury is a Wesleyan holiness movement church it comes from that tradition of you know orchestrating revivals yeah so i just feel like that's the kind of information that some people some people won't care about at all and other people will be like wow that explains "Hmm." a lot yeah yeah other people would say that kind of delegitimizes it yeah like oh okay this is not unique this is not some special well scripture does say that god never changes so maybe february is when he maybe he likes revivals in february (laughs) maybe he does here's the thing is there anything wrong with uh gathering for multiple days and singing songs and praying and and emoting is there anything really wrong with that no that's good no I, would I wouldn't think so. Not only is there nothing wrong with it, it's, I think it's a good thing to take time out to schedule a prayer meeting and, you know, unbroken um, worship during the month of February. If everybody needs sort of a, a reminder of who they are and what they stand for around the month of February, by all means, schedule some great biblical scholar speakers who can come and preach the word and schedule some really talented musicians who can come and play instruments and everybody can plan to just sing until they can't sing anymore. Right. Until their throats are bloody and raw. That's not what the word revival means to most people. That's a, that's a euphemism or whatever. That's a special jargon term that comes from particular movements in Christianity, apostolic movements and, and holiness. They mean Jesus high. They, what they mean is worship service. Yeah. That's what they mean. And what other people think they mean is something super unique and special. Like somebody on social media reported that they drove six hours because they really wanted to be part of this special event. Right. And when they got there, it was evident that Jesus had basically made his throne room right there in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's what people think you mean by revival. They right. think Jesus Christ himself right. is sitting bodily in that auditorium and then they start by contrast thinking he's not anywhere else 
Right. You can't pray and worship mm. Jesus in other locations because he's currently at Asbury. And that's where you need to go on your pilgrimage <laughs> if you want to get a and little touch from him. If you know anything about the history and you know that it's February, that shouldn't surprise you that he's at <laughs> he Asbury. He likes to vacation there this time yeah. of year. He feel, hangs I out there. I feel bad for the freshmen because their tuition's about to go up. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to get closer to the microphone there, pod ninja. You've got people driving six hours just to see this thing. I hadn't heard of Asbury College until this. I don't know why. I'd heard of it. Had you? I don't know why you haven't when they have revivals so often. This is <laughs> You haven't important. heard of the famous yeah, Asbury February revival? It hasn't reached all the way to, to my little town. Yeah. So we have, we have people writing things like, we should be praying for these young people. We should really be yeah. encouraged. Don't rain on their parade. Yeah. Instead of judging them, just encourage them because these... You know, this is legit, Yeah, whatever that means. The theme on our podcast is instead of judging them like you're judging them, judge them the way we're judging them. I don't think anybody's shaming them. They're just, there's a no. sense of, of cautiousness about it. Right, but cautiousness is considered negative, like right, I said that's before. raining on the parade. That's you not taking off those negative glasses. If you would just take the negative glasses off, then you would be able to celebrate and, along with them. And that's the nice way to say it. There are some people who would say that you're demonstrating a complete lack of faith because right. you don't think that God is is really moving with those people. Right. And the it's it's so tricky to talk to emotional people when they're being emotional, particularly if they're in the midst of a revival, because at that point they cannot imagine how you could not be feeling Swept as close to God as right. they obviously are right now. And it's and, and that again, there's nothing wrong with feeling a certain way and worshiping God. Where the where the danger is is when you start to equate that emotionalism with with you, with righteousness with your entire faith, right? And then then when you're when you crash, when the sugar high is over, then despair follows. So just as as much jubilation and joy as you had during the revival now you're just as depressed and full of angst because oh no i don't feel this anymore god has left me and then you go in search of another revival and if you can't find if it's not february then you're going to have to turn to drugs <laughs> i think i think what's happening is essentially just the mega church phenomenon sped up even more which is kind of hard to imagine because mega churches have a tendency to grow really rapidly anyway it's which is what classifies them often as a megachurch. They burn fast and rapidly, and then they're gone. Fast and hot. Um, but, but yeah, this is. if you think about it, they're not converting people who are lost. Fast and hot would be a great byline for a church, wouldn't it? First Baptist Church, fast and hot. I would say... I would say uh, the river miles wide and and, and an inch deep. Mile wide, inch deep, fast and hot. Fast and hot. But, but that's basically what's happening here. They're not converting lost people, right? They're literally collecting Christians from around the country right. to their little Which isn't necessarily gathering. bad. No, it's, it's bad when you think that you need to go to a new building in order to experience oh, I see what you're Jesus. It's, so, it's bad to think that God is that God is not moving where you're at. Right. That you need to go to where God is Correct. and participate in To that. think yeah. that you need to go chasing the Holy Spirit wherever he goes because he doesn't live inside of you or he can't be there in your own bedroom or during your own devotions. 
And so that, I think, is the problem. We have the same debate that's always going to be going around the megachurch phenomenon. There's going to be people who are like, well, God can still exist and be present and moving <laughs> in megachurches. You God can't use the... The megachurch? Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's impossible for God to use that revival. <laughs> Jesus it cannot, had, he cannot do it. Jesus had a megachurch when he had all of those people there and he fed them all. And then they all came back the next day. And, and then, then he dispersed them. And, and they he sent them packing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like, I, I want more miracles. Give me that same feeling I had yesterday. Oh, I don't care that you're God. Right. Go back home now. Right. What I'm saying is the, all of the comments you're getting, all the dispute, all the disagreement is the same thing that happens when people discuss megachurches versus small congregations because there's a certain philosophy that says, um, there's a certain philosophy that chases those those experiences and being part of a thing, you know, being on a bandwagon, dare I say. Mm-hmm. And then there's others who kind of favor the small town, slow and steady um plod of life and so the dying churches as they're called by the megachurches well, some people favor the dying church well, no, movement. what they what they tend to call you when you're online and you're posting from that perspective when your comments are favoring that perspective they tend to say you're negative you're judgmental you just you just hate all joy and you're raining on our parade and you hate feelings right. you know and all these things you and don't it's, believe but like God. you said they also try to characterize you as faithless as if faithfulness means Chasing the Holy Spirit to Kentucky when you heard that he's there. And I want to put that on its Faithfulness head. Faithfulness is a feeling. Faithfulness I, is I wanna euphoria. I want to change that. I want to change the script on all of that. I think that it's faithlessness when you can't see God in the everyday life. If you can't experience God while you're taking a shower or doing dishes or go, driving to work in traffic, if you have to go all the way, six hours away in order to experience God, you're the one who's lacking in faith. You're the one you have you don't have the kind of faith that I've seen from patient farmers who plant seeds and wait months and months and months before they actually see any kind of fruit from that planting. If you need to see something right now, some reminder that God is on his throne right now because you can't wait and do just faithful things during your normal 9 to 5, then you're the one who's lacking in the faith. You're the one who doesn't trust God to be God unless you can see him moving the mountain because seeing him move the laundry is not good enough for you. If like if you if you need God to speak in tongues through your neighbor because being reminded you can't remind yourself that just being able to speak in any language at all is like an incredible miracle. You know, who's who has more faith? Did you have that line prepared about can't seeing God move and if you can't see him move the laundry. Did you have that line prepared? Um, it may or may not be in the blog that's going to be published on Monday. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, because off the top of your head, that was pretty good. <laughs> it's, well, really, it did, it's still a pretty good it line. Even out if it out of my head at one point. Even if it was premeditated, it's still a good line. Um, right. Right. So... We're, we're over by about a minute. But uh, Lisa Childers did a That's good... That's okay. The spirit is moving. Alisa <laughs> Childers did a good video on this. I mentioned Joel Webbin. He's the one who discovered the list of revivals at Asbury College. <laughs> Asbury University, I mean. Uh, 
Oh. And uh, and basically, I'm just I'm tired of being told by all these people that I'm the one lacking in faith because I'm right. the one criticizing right. or questioning their like big fluffy froofy their mountaintop experience. Yeah, mountaintop experiences right. all the time. It's like I think right. the people who don't ever go up on chasing that high and are still faithful in the ordinary, I think they have more faith than the ones who need to see somebody doing backflips and cartwheels and jumping into the baptistry before they'll believe that Jesus is actually here doing stuff. That may be legit. It may be legit at some, in some, it may, it may be legit, but I think that the, the faith, yeah, is much more important that it is. You think of it as a sustained way of life rather than a, you know, an, an unbelievable sugar high that lasts for, 62 hours, 63. 63 hours. Jeez, give them credit where it's due. 63 full hours. Yeah, your revival should last more than 63 hours. And then uh, should be able to take you all the way home. Should be, It should last at least, you know, those extra six hours in the car on the way home. Or if it's the second most reported news story in the country. That's, yeah. That counts, too. When, are, when are we packing up the car and heading to Asbury? <laughs> But we just go on vacation up north in July instead. And just uh, not uh, all right. See you, Carl. Bye. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.